Welcome to Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental illnesses to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Welcome to Resilient Minds 365, everyone. It's good to see you all. Um, I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Today, we have a special guest with us. We have Erin McCullough. Erin McCullough, she's a thought leader, an in-demand speaker, and an international teacher that helps people overcome and prevent anxiety, worry, and overwhelm so that you can create impenetrable joy. Having had an anxiety disorder, that had her hold up in her home for nearly a year. She vowed that when she found solutions to overcoming and preventing anxiety, she would do whatever she could to make sure that no one else had that same experience. Erin spent a decade studying the mind-body connection, visualization, and ways to still the mind. Over the decade, she has created simple strategies to overcoming and preventing anxiety worry and overwhelm so that her all her clients live a life intentionally in joy. With that said, I now present to you Erin McCullough. Erin, how are you today? <laughs> I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you very much. So tell us a little bit more about your profession, Erin. Um, I guess I would sit in the coaching profession, although I don't like to call myself that. Um, I guess maybe because I did athlete, athletics my whole life. <laughs> um, I like to think of it more as a co-creation. So I work with clients to you know, engage them in a way that often they've not been able to be engaged before by explaining to them what's going on behind the scenes with them, you know, based on their past and some of the things that have happened and how they can you know, get rid of the things that maybe aren't creating the life they'd like to lead and understanding like, you know, how they're sort of going through life right now and a new way to do that in a way that feels really good now versus what most people are doing, which is kind of like waiting until they have, you know, the things, you know, the car, the house, the relationship, all the things mm -hmm. um, to be, you know, quote unquote happy. Right. And instead just knowing that it's possible to be in joy and enjoy your life now. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And so that's what I do with people is I help them sort of rewire their mind so that they can have a different experience. That's really cool. That's really cool. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Like you're a co-creator. That's I like that. I like that. Um, that, that term right there. Co-creator. Yeah. I call myself the joy slinger. The joy slinger. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're slinging joy. That's one, right. One soul at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So with that said, now that I know a little bit what you do, um, so we'll go into the mental health piece of this interview. Yeah. With that said, so tell us, what is your mental health diagnosis and when were you diagnosed? So um, I had a, an anxiety disorder. And that um, was brought about in, let me see, that must have been, uh, this is a while back, <laughs> aging mm -hmm. myself now, uh, 1999, I believe. 
Okay. Um, or the beginning of 2000. It might have been the beginning of 2000. Okay. And yeah. And um, it came about through, um, I was going to couples counseling with an ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. and I had a, a panic attack in the first meeting that we had. And I'd never had one before. And wow. that panic attack led to many, many more. And then I, it got, my life got so narrow that I hold myself up in my home for nearly a year uh, because I was so afraid to go outside and, you know, pass out or, you know, all the things that anxiety will have you believe is, is true because you're having a physical response to uh, something that seems like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm having a heart attack or I might pass out. Um, yeah. So it got, it just got, it just kept elevating through the talk therapy mm-hmm. um, experience. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's definitely sounds like you definitely went through um, an experience. So with that said, I'm, I'm going to ask, so tell us a little bit more about your mental health story of resilience. When you went through what you went through with the anxiety, um, walk us through it a bit and how you were able to be resilient despite that, um, your episode and, or your episodes. And um, if you mm-hmm. could just tell us more about that. Sure. Mm-hmm. So my story has kind of three parts to it, right? So the first part is I had this anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. I was able to get the chemistry worked out through a homeopathic psychiatrist who gave me a remedy that worked quite well within 20 minutes the chemistry of the experience of anxiety was nearly gone. Hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't recognize that beyond having the chemistry fixed, there was still going to be a mental, emotional piece that needed to be addressed. And that took me another decade to kind of recognize that that was still going on for me. Mm -hmm. So when I got the chemistry piece fixed, I thought, well, I'll just I'll create a simpler life for myself. I'll move to a small town in Hawaii, you know, paradise, right? Mm -hmm. And then I won't be triggered and nothing else will happen. (laughs) But what I didn't realize is that I was still there. (laughs) It was still me. And I was still going to create a lot of those same things, anxiety and stress and overwhelm. And um, so I got to Hawaii. I started a business. It took off like gangbusters. And my anxiety, stress, overwhelm level was super high, um, trying to navigate all these things that I didn't know how to do. (laughs) And um, it was about 10 years in. And this one day I had a um, client call, very upset that my employees had done something that she was unhappy with. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I said, I'll be right over to fix the problem. I raced over to a friend's house to drop my daughter off. And I backed into her driveway and I sideswiped my car and her husband's truck. And I dropped my daughter off and I left and I came back after the, after I fixed the incident with my client. And my friend told me that her husband was under the truck that I had hit working on it when, when that happened. And he was afraid that the truck was going to land on him. And it just rocked me to my core. I thought, Oh my gosh. Thankfully he was fine other than being scared. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it changed my life. It changed the trajectory of what I started to see was not okay behavior, which is being frantic and worried and excessively in anxiety and stress. 
And so I began to seek, um, you know, a new way to go about this life, right? And I did that through going to seminars and self-development and reading books. And then I thought, well, now I can see there's this other life to be had. I find myself in a divorce and the divorce just leveled me. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, with all those years of uh, self-development and all the books I had read and the seminars I attended, that I would have a solution to being in this dark place. And what ended up happening was that I didn't have a strategy to lift myself out of that. And then a series of things happened. I had, I came across this book that led me to understanding that the path and the answer to all the things that I was looking for was joy. And then a series of other things happened. I went to a seminar. It showed me a visualization process. I went back to the person who gave, who put on that seminar and I trained under him and I began to teach his seminar. And in that first seminar that I put on, I recognized it was like a culmination of all the things I had done. And I went, Oh, this is my purpose. I'm supposed to teach people how to find their joy and cultivate it daily so that they can have that experience predominantly in their life and help them understand how to create that. And so that is the long version of all the things that led to the experience that I now have and teach others to have. Amazing. Wow. That's awesome. I love it. Love it. Thanks. So I see that you had, you, you, my next question is what did you have to do to overcome or bounce back from your low points? But I understand from based on your, just your previous answer, you know, you had, you went to different seminars, you bought books. um, And by doing that, that kind of helped. Was there anything else that you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I started to really understand how the brain works, which you know, I'm not one to be technical and I certainly don't need the science behind it, although I do find it fascinating sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we understand what's going on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. then we can recognize and be able to change what's happening. When we don't understand that there's things going on in the background of our lives, and they're kind of calling the shots, then it's really challenging to make any changes. And Mm -hmm. so when I started to study up on some of those things and start to just practice some new ways of being, like that's the hardest part of change. It's not the deciding some, you want something different because that usually comes through crisis, right? You're like, oh my gosh, this thing's happening and I'm sick of it. I don't want to feel like this anymore that happens. It doesn't feel good, but it does happen. And then we get intentional. We start thinking, oh, I'd like to have this different experience. Then we start to seek out what, what might we use for strategies. But the hardest part of that whole thing is this practicing of the new way of being because we practice this other way for so long and it feels right. And it seems right. And when we go to try and make these changes, um, It'll have you think that that's, you know, that comfort area or that, you know, what you've experienced in the past being the thing that's going to make you feel better. Actually, it's the opposite, right? It's like, when I practice this other way of being, 
then I can experience a new experience. We can't learn and grow in that, the old experience. Um, And so when we're comfortable, that's the old experience. When we're stretching, that's when the challenges come, but that's when that's the good stuff. That's the sweet spot in where healing and growth can take place. Definitely. Definitely. Wow. So my next question to you is what are three things you wish you had available when you were at your lowest point? That's an interesting question available because for me, I feel like it's less about what could have been Mm -hmm. and more about when you are ready to receive than the universe provides. And it just shows up in your life. It's like, if I had, you know, in my story, if these things had happened earlier in my life, I may not have been ready for them, or I may not have even noticed, you know? And I feel like, you know, a lot of people feel like, oh, I should have done this, or I should have known better, or these, you know, shoulds. And the reality is, is I feel like this life is absolutely perfectly laid out for us. And we hear and see and experience the things that we are absolutely ready for when we're ready for them. Mm -hmm. You know, some people may listen to this podcast and think that's a bunch of hoo-ha or that's woo-woo or any of those things. And they'll just go on and listen to a different podcast. But the people that are listening to this podcast, they're seeking something. Those are the ones that are staying on to hear, like, what's the message here? Or maybe they don't even know why they're listening. Mm -hmm. There is a message for you here. That's why you're here. You're seeking. You are about to get on the path or you are already on the path. Don't stop seeking. It's not the path of least resistance for sure. (laughs) But the outcome is outstanding. It is bigger than you could possibly imagine. And so I guess, you know, I could wonder if I could have gotten to this information sooner. I mean, I do like, sometimes I'll work with people that are super young and I was like, man, that's so exciting that they're going to learn this information at such a young age. Mm-hmm. But that was not my path, obviously, because <laughs> I didn't learn it until I was almost 50. You know, and so I just have to know and be confident that I was meant to learn it at this particular point and, and hope that, that I can do the best amount of good with what I know now moving Mm -hmm. forward. Okay, cool. So my next question to you is, so what words of hope can you give to our listeners? What would you tell them? Well, first I'll say to anybody who's in acute, any kind of emotional experience that doesn't feel good, anxiety, overwhelm, worry, um, depression, um, I would just say, just know that it's not forever, right? That it's possible to live your life without those things. I am living proof that you can go from living this totally narrow existence to having everything possible. I mean, I was just sitting here prior to this interview, just sitting here in the past, that would never be an option for me. Mm -hmm. I would be in my mind thinking all the thoughts. I literally just sat here in stillness 
And what a beautiful experience that is. And I never would have been able to understand that had I not gone through the path how I did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've sort of been told that we're here to like, you know, do all the things, amass money and things and status and all those things. And those will make us feel good. And I'm here to tell you the things that make me feel the best have nothing to do with those things. (laughs) And the experience that I'm having in life is that there is beauty everywhere in everyone. And so you know, I've had, I had all those things. I had the, you know, success and the money and the things, and I was hundred percent miserable. And I'm not saying that it's an either, or it's definitely not, mm-hmm. but I just want people to know that if you're in that space, it is possible for you to experience this life very differently. Don't stop looking. You can, there is somebody there that can speak to you even if it's not me. I love that. That's awesome. It's really good, powerful words, definitely powerful words. So my next question, actually, we're going to actually switch a little bit um, in this interview. (laughs) Um, As you can see behind me, there is a book and it says it's called The Music of My Life. And basically in that book, I talk about my journey with bipolar, but I also talk about music therapy. So right now we're going to be switching to the music therapy session. So I'd like to know what type of music do you like? Oh my gosh. I love so many different types of music. I am a musician myself. And oh. so I love, uh, I'm a singer and I just started learning to play the guitar, which I love too. Um, I love, you know, um, when I went to college for music, I was studying jazz. So I love, I love, love, love jazz. It speaks to me on a deep level. Um, but I also love all the things I love pop and, um, uh, rock. And I mean, I grew up in the eighties, so (laughs) all those things, um, I think, you know, sometimes it is about the message, the words that are being said, and sometimes it's just about the notes, you know, like sometimes the message itself doesn't speak to me, but just the notes. And because I'm a musician, I can look and listen to a piece of music and listen to a specific, like listen to just the drums or listen to just the guitar. And I find myself doing that. It's a bit like mindful exercises, you know, where you just, rather than looking at the whole, you break it down to like, let me just focus in on this one thing mm-hmm. for the moment. And I love to do that. Oh, I love, like, I love, 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 like Stevie Wonder. I mean, he has, his music is so like, you know, like I can just listen to the horn parts or I can just listen to the bass part. And it's just, I mean, it just fills my soul. It's just amazing. Amazing. I love Stevie Wonder. He was, he's just super, he's just a fabulous, fabulous singer. Love him. Oh my gosh. I mean, his voice is timeless Yeah. and, um, and no, like there is no voice like his, I mean, Mm -hmm. just, and I forget sometimes. And then I hear it, I go, Oh my gosh, that's right. It's just, amazing mm-hmm. wow so well now we're going to ask you another question so if you were to think of one song <laughs> that best describes your journey what would it be and why what would that one song be gosh there's so many songs to choose from um 
I feel like, you know, songs like, um, well, I'm trying to think of the name of it, you know, where, well, the premise was the, the guy who was singing it was talking about his son and he was saying, you know, yeah, someday soon I'll be able to spend time with you. And, um, and, uh, and then that someday turned into his son being a, an adult and him still not be able to find the time. And then his son had sort of moved on with his life. And now he finally had the time to spend with him. And, and I think that those, those poignant uh, lyrics mm -hmm. and stories like that are just so important because we forget that we don't have a guarantee that we're going to be here forever. You know, right. like none of us are getting out of this alive <laughs> and we just never know. So we're only guaranteed this very moment. And so when we can be um, reminded that that's the case, then we can stop pretending like we have forever and really hone in on the things that are super important to us at this moment and um, remember to cultivate those versus waiting and waiting for this future that we're trying to create. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we gotta make most of, you know, what we have. We, we just have to be present. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we have to learn how to be more present in, in whatever it is that we're doing and make the most of each moment because that's all we really can guarantee. Just like you were just saying, we only can guarantee now and our present, but we can't guarantee our future. So if we can make the most of it, that's just, that's the best way to go. 100%, yeah. Definitely, definitely. So with that said, how can we stay in touch with you? What are your social media handles? I would say the best way to stay in touch is on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is Erin, E-R-I-N, Mac, M-A-C, L-L-C. Um, and I post videos. In fact, I just posted one this morning. Mm -hmm. um, and I, um, you know, share, you know, inspirational stuff in my stories. Um, and I share strategies and things to think about. And, um, and I just love to connect on there. I just, I just love Instagram. <laughs> I never would have thought I would like it, but I just, I think it's such a great, um, platform to share information and because you can curate it you can really make it positive by you know like what information are you looking at and and keep your feed like super positive I love that about Instagram mm -hmm. that's cool all right that's awesome so with that said now that we know how we can stay in touch with you so basically we'll put all your information um in the in the, in the show notes. And, and that's how people will stay in touch with you, which is really cool. Um, so with that said, and to all you resilient minds out there until next time, please subscribe to us on all our platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on Apple podcasts. We want to thank Aaron. Thank you very much for being a guest on our show. Um, I think what you offered was amazing. Like, I love the fact that you are helping people to create that life of joy, um, which is, I mean, if more people would focus on being more joyful, like you, we would be surprised what type of world we'd actually have. So that's really cool that you're actually helping people do that. Oh, thanks for having me. And thanks for having 
a platform like this that people can come to and receive positive information. It's really important that we have these kinds of conversations. Definitely, definitely. So um, if you want to join the Resilient Minds and sign up for our monthly newsletter, you can check us out at www.cleonycrawford.com. Be sure to grab a copy of my book. And if you can find, think of one person that would receive value from today's testimonial or connect with Erin's, her, her show, I mean, her um, testimonial, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at OnlyCleone or ResilientMinds365 and today's guest at Erin Mac LLC. And remember, Mental health is not a death sentence. Despite your illness, you can strive, thrive, and live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Cleone Crawford, and I'm signing off.